Round three. If I look, are we okay? We're okay, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the third attempt at me not being Barry White. For those of you watching this on YouTube or listening to this on iTunes and everywhere else, uh, I guess you missed out on uh, on some great music earlier on as I attempted to figure out why the hell my sample rate on my mic kept changing. But we figured it out. We figured it out. And now here we are. And it is still, thankfully, at least at this point in time, the 7th of July, 2017. A fine Friday indeed. And we've got a big, lovely lineup of things to talk about this evening uh, and it's just, it's just me and panic today. It's just me and Tabeen. It's me and, and now hashtag second guy because he's been promoted in the absence of one Mr. Black who is currently in Las Vegas. If he's still alive, bless him. Maybe he'll get back in one piece. Mr. Uh, Popo ah. Switch, how are you doing today? He's calling me Popo Switch. I'm going to smack you. We shared a <laughs> moment in Canada and you, you get to start it off with that. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Well, that's good. Humor that's good. Today. I do seem. I do. I'm, you, I'm not that I'm gonna. Not that I'm gonna touch anything right now. But I'm looking at my audio waveform and I see way quieter in an audition uh, versus usual. But I honestly, at this point, couldn't care less. I'll turn it Just up and post. It let it go. <laughs> turn, Just let it go. Just let it go. Uh, yeah. So last week. You uh you were here for uh two and a half ish rainy days in uh, in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Glorious Halifax weather. Mm, oh, it was lovely, so very <laughs> lovely. And uh, you were wined and dined in such time, uh, time. such fancy establishments as Boston Pizza <laughs> and Boston Pizza, Pizza Rays, Coras, <laughs> and Daryl's. Yes. Uh, only two of those are pa- are really passing grades in in my book. Well, actually, we did Kempsters <laughs> as well, which Kempsters was good too. I, Kempsters, except for that that old lady that uh, felt that it was her entire restaurant, despite the fact that the restaurant had only minutes before been screaming loud the entire like lunch rush because we were we and we were in stuffed in the corner of the restaurant too. We weren't even like we we're literally in the, middle of the corner of the corner. Yeah, we were stuffed into a corner, and she was like, uh, excuse me, could you just stop being so loud and obnoxious? Because we just had to move down, like, three more seats because you guys were interrupting our lunch. And these were two people that looked like they got messed up during Woodstock. Like, that's basically what what they both represent. Both of them had beautiful, long gray hair, uh, and neither of them looked like they had bought clothes in 25 years. <laughs> it's <Rip>. basically <laughs> so it sounds like me in about 40 years is what is what i'm saying right now uh give or take you're gonna live another uh, 40 I, years <laughs> maybe little, if this uh, microphone a, a optimistic <laughs> doesn't take me to the grave first uh but yeah we've we've got lots to talk about uh and and most of it and by most i mean all of it you have dredged up from the depths of the internet's uh, so what do we have first on the menu? I've got to open up my, my Google doc here. Oh yes. It's one of my favorite oh, things yeah. to talk about. Benchmarks, technical stuff. I, know. I, I, I went through and I was like looking at stuff like, what can we talk about this week? And I was just like, Jeff's not going to be here. Adam's <laughs> going to be here. We're both really boring people. So I'm like, let's find things that we enjoy talking about. Exactly. And I was like, 
bam. Let's and, talk um, about, you know, stationary paper and, and uh, the qualities of a good ballpoint pen. Oh, yeah. Dude, where are my ballpoint pen? <laughs> Anyways, um, no, we're actually going to be talking about, um, they ran through the um, Xbox, I'm just going to call it the Xbox because that's what the acronym is. Um, they ran through yeah, the Xbox benchmarks, yeah, and they they were running it through to see how it kind of stacks up at the three resolutions, effectively, that games are supposed to run at, which is the mm. 900p, the 1080p, and then the 4K resolutions. So um, Eurogamer did like a really big run through with Digital Foundry. On a bunch of different games and benchmarks, and it and then, was you know, a couple of outlets picked it up. Big run through, like that shit was a thesis. It's like twelve. It was like, yeah, I, I looked, through, <laughs> I read through that, um, and it's very thorough. I'm actually gonna put the, I'm gonna put the link out there for people who are watching live, um, if they mm. want to kind of dredge through it. Um, but you know, they had some interesting takeaways from it overall. Um, did you get a chance to run through it, or no? Oh yeah, I read it. I read it uh, oh, yeah. before we had decided all this stuff. I mean, I, yeah. that was one of the few things this week that I read, mostly because it was so long. I didn't have time to read anything else. Um, it was a super long form one too. Yeah, for sure. But they did a phenomenal. I mean, Digital Foundry just kills it every time they do an analysis. Like those guys. Um, are some of the few that know what the fuck they're talking about and then actually put that to good use. And so this was a particularly interesting article for me because, um, you know, the, the big talking point with the Xbox One X for me was the, the ability for, for you to plug in basically any Xbox One game and have it be upscaled, like just rip it right just just straight to 4k if if you if need be or or what have you and the the thing that made this uh this testing interesting because uh, was the fact that i mean a couple things one we're talking about these things running on a super early version of the operating system for this console like i, I mean it's it's probably has many iterations to go before we hit uh, the, the launch day, uh, you know, optimized ish operating system that it will use. <laughs> we also have, uh, the fact that there, that these, this is using none of the Xbox one X's, um, hardware optimizations. It's, it's the, these, these figures that they've given are as, as un, uh, I guess, as unmassaged as one could possibly get for 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 frame rates. I mean, they just plugged it in and they're like, "What's going to happen? We're not going to optimize it. We're not going to do anything. We're going to just shove this shit in here and see what numbers we get." And sure enough, uh, it behaved kind of like you expected. But uh, the thing that I noticed the most was the amount of overhead in some of these titles, considering the environment in which it was upscaling. Um, and, and it kind of showed just how much graphics processing power, uh, the, the console has. Yeah. Um, it was actually surprising because, um, just to, just to reiterate the three resolutions that the Xbox, um, is targeting is 900 P the 1080 P range and then the 4k range. Um, and the games have like one of the Microsoft requirements was your games need to run at all three of these and they need to be serviceable. Um, so I was surprised actually, cause, um, they pretty much said that some games did struggle at 4k, um, and they you know, they were expecting it. Um, other games ran surprisingly well. Um, I think they were saying like the, they were able to maintain 4k 30 for 
pretty much all of the games. Um, they didn't really peak anything more than 4K 38 FPS. So if you're expecting to get like you know 4K 60, you're 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 smoking something. Um, mm. But they're saying they were able, they were kind of targeting that 4K 30 a little bit higher to give you some buffering. Um, but you know they they did kind of meet the mark. Um, they pretty much said they need to target more optimization overall for the developers. Um, but the in-house titles were doing pretty well. Um, even they had some Unity titles that they said they were surprised actually worked pretty well. Um, and then the Unreal titles didn't really have any issues because the Unreal stuff is based on the PC work, which is mm-hmm. you know solid for 4K anyway. So I was actually surprised. I was expecting um, the Xbox to kind of stumble a bit more on when it came to actual benchmarks. Um, at 4K because we were kind of talking about it on during the E3 coverage like yeah the hardware looks nice and all the numbers look good but you know is this realistically going to get the job done um, so we were kind of we we're kind of like questioning that but the benchmarks um, I'm gonna for me at least it kind of reinforced my original view that yeah it's not going to be like some god killer box but it'll do the job so I don't know well, what, what was your opinion on that well, that was, I mean, uh, what I'll be even more in- interested to see is what benchmarks look like um, six months after it's launched. Uh, you know you know what the console, you know at launch it's going to obviously better than, be better than what we've seen right now. Um, I wouldn't yeah, expect it to be, you know, some sort of crazy, uh, I mean, well, it probably is going to be demonstrably better than it is in, in this current run. This was really... I was honestly my first thing that I that I thought when I read um, the environment in which they were testing this was holy shit they're actually releasing these numbers because the pretty much what happened was you've you've released all this stuff and the people that didn't take all the time to read through Digital Foundry's you know massive oh my god article um and even if you did not everybody's going to understand what those numbers mean and and understand the environment in which it happens. So if you went to uh, GameSpot's uh, basically regurgitation of that article, like yeah. they, they just short form the hell out of it, and you go to the comment section, people are losing their minds. Like, oh my God, it's barely better than the PS4 Pro. This is the most overpriced piece of shit ever. Blah, 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 blah. Not understanding... The big thing they missed, the big thing they missed there is that and again, this is going to sound like we're really shilling for the Xbox, but it is a, like it's I don't a big really fucking care. People can suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up there. No, um, is that the Xbox will up convert any game you put into it? Um, that's a yeah. pretty big deal. Um, if you have the TV to do it, Xbox will up convert, and that is overhead. That's processing overhead. So everyone was expecting to see massive numbers on FPS. They're not because. The Xbox in hardware is taking on this upconvert responsibility, which is going to pull the numbers down. There's more work it has to do than, say, a PS4 Pro. Not knocking the PS4 Pro games that are 4K because those look great, but mm. it is kind of a it, it is kind of a slightly lesser value proposition if the developers have to kind of release a 4K version of the game with a patch. Um, you know, there there are benefits to that approach because it's going to guarantee it, it more guarantees like a. Uh, higher quality um, level that you can kind of expect to like, oh no, they had to explicitly kind of turn this on and make this a thing. Um, Microsoft mm. just kind of said early on, you guys got to work at these three resolutions for the games you make. The engines should work with it. 
So, you know, they took two different approaches. I kind of favor the Microsoft one because it's, um, for lack of a better word, more idiot-proof. You just put the game in and you play. Yeah. You don't have to deal with any updates. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of a uh, benefit in my book. Yeah, no, I, I'm, again, I'm very... Again, how it comes out. Um, yeah, I'm very happy. I'm very happy with what we saw there. I mean, the stuff the stuff that you expect to perform well, it perform well. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what the turn ten guys do, but they're on a whole different plane of existence from other people when it comes to uh, doing four K games. I just don't get it. I mean, I, I it's a it's a driving game, and so draw distances in in many cases are obviously not as far as you would get in in say an open world uh, title. But at the same time, like if you see the native 4K 60 FPS uh, Forza demo and then realize that there was still as much overhead on the Xbox One X as there was, even with that being as it is, is just super friggin' crazy to me. I, I mean, it speaks to the console, but what it also you speaks defining, to... What are you defining as overhead? Is like how overhead well, available it's the, it's or the percentage, Yeah, no, overhead available. So like what's okay. left over. So it, you know it, it's it's got uh, you would expect that for a console even in a racing game environment like Forza where there's a lot of calculations going on for physics and all this other shit. So it might not have draw distance but it's certainly taxing the console in other ways. Um to have as much left over in the tank to use a car metaphor I guess uh for Forza in a 4K60 environment is super impressive. And again, so that speaks a little bit to the console, but I don't know what the fuck Turn 10's doing, but they're doing some crazy shit because I don't know anybody here who's actually seen, I'm sure there have been some people who have seen Forza in, uh, the later Forzas in 4K, but the games look ridiculous. It's it's absolutely stupid. It, uh, it's unbelievable, especially the road uh, textures and the, the weather effects. So I don't know what they're doing, but other stuff... They did mention in that article there was one 720p title, and I can't remember what they said. It was probably Battlefront. Um, was their guess? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, they, um, so the because way Digital were, Foundry did it was they didn't give the exact titles of the games. They just said no. This is, it's title A. It's the genre, yeah. the engine, and if it's in-house or not. So yeah, you, know, um, you can kind of tell from which is which. So it was, uh, they, they made some uh, yeah, pretty good the, guesses, and I would be... yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's uh, there's only so many games that run in that engine at 720p because they, I mean, Battlefront basically said it has to run 60 fps, so they gave yep. it 720p, right? So uh, that one obviously was the one that struggled because if you're blowing 720p up. And you're upscaling it to 4K. You're effectively increasing the resolution That's by a factor 8X, of nine. 8x increase. Oh, nine. It's nine. <laughs> it's ah. nine times. So the fact that it, the fact that with no you're optimizations and there. just and just plugging it in, the fact that it even hit the frames that it did, I it, it was impressive to me. But obviously, it was cause for concern for many a folk uh, when they when they saw that. Um, but I, I don't think it, it, there's anything that they need to be concerned with. I think that the, that the, the benchmarks that we saw all look great. I can't wait to see what comes next for benchmarks when they're even more optimized. And like I said, the big thing for me is six months after launch when it's been out in the wild and, and it's been obviously more thoroughly tested by a huge market of people with totally different setups and 
different resolution TVs and all this other nonsense, what optimizations they come up with for the, the, the system and, and uh, this upscaling feature and see how it plays out. All of that aside, every time we bring up this console, as great as it is, the, 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 at the end of the day, it needs games. And so, oh yeah, as as awesome as all of this is, and this is this is, I guess, the only counter. Oops, you're not totally riding Microsoft's, you know, uh, dick for this whole time. Is is as good as it could be hardware wise. It still needs games to sell the system, which we haven't seen a huge number of yet. E three, you know, kind of helped them along a bit, but we need oh, to yeah. get some more. We need to get those titled out, and then we yeah, need to hear for about sure. more. More. Absolutely. More. Always more. Uh, let's talk about a game that uh, will certainly be uh, a console seller no matter what it's on. Uh, or even a PC seller now. And that's Destiny. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, Destiny 2 as uh, the world waits with bated breath uh, for more and more information. We just got this uh, information that a beta is coming. Uh, yeah, they and actually they just had, announced it like late yesterday, early today. So it's surprising. I'm yeah. surprised they're coming out with it this quickly. Yeah, exactly. I was so. I was surprised too. And they had a little trailery thing that kind of showed the modes and and stuff that we saw bits and pieces of during the the E3 releases and and whatnot. Uh, but at the same time, this has been a very weird thing to watch for me from a distance as somebody who who's played maybe thirty hours of Destiny in total. Um, a bit on the Xbox One, a bit on the PS4. I've got like five in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I got I got into it, and then I was like, you know what? I just uh, I just didn't feel like <laughs> like playing Destiny. But from watching this from the outside, as somebody who would be who would like to get into Destiny Two, so I'm keeping up with it a bit. Watching how they're handling um these press releases and stuff, it's very strange. You've got. You've got all this positive stuff, but at the same time, they're backhanding themselves with these weird comments about the failures of of Destiny One, uh, and and Activision talking about not being happy with Bungie, and and this this weird. It's it's a very awkward presentation. I think it's a really awkward. I think it's it it, it on, on face value, it is very awkward because you have you like you just said, you have one side of all the positive press coming out, everyone's hyping up. You have the full hype train running, but then on the other side, you've got the publisher themselves being like, "Yeah, there were issues. We weren't happy." Um, but on the on like looking at it a little bit deeper, I I'm not a huge Activision fan, um, but I have more respect because they actually came out and said it, and I think they I think that's part of the reason why they're coming out and saying it. Um, mm-hmm. So. The Activision came out and had a retrospective where they pretty much said, this is where we think there were issues with Destiny 1 and there were some failures. The big one they said was content. Content just wasn't coming out fast enough. And they said, and they said, look, it, it's not a bad thing if content wasn't coming out. But the problem was people were wanting a lot of content. People were wanting more. And that's where they got annoyed with Bungie because Bungie could not deliver it fast enough. Um, Bungie kind of knew what they had on their hands, but they, they could not deliver content like we only got a couple a handful of expansion but we were kind of promised this huge storied environment with a lot of stuff the content we got was pretty good 
but that actually turned a lot of people off to it because you'd have to wait so long in between. Every single time in the middle you'd have to wait, you'd lose a bunch of people. And then when a new one came out, yeah, you'd get a spike, but it wouldn't last as long. So people were like, all right, whatever, I'm done with it. Um, so Activision kind of, you know, fell on their stern and said, yeah, mistakes were made. Um, but then they kind of turned around and said, this is kind of how we're addressing it in Destiny 2. Um, and, you know, Bungie didn't quite address it when, they, when they've been doing all the hype stuff. So Activision kind of coming out and saying it's good. Um, the big thing is Bungie alone is not responsible for Destiny anymore. Um, Bungie's the primary lead studio, but now Activision, mm. kind of like they did with the other games, they have a couple of other studios in the wings ready, pretty much saying that we can rotate through these studios to produce more Destiny content. So yeah. their plan is pretty much Bungie's going to, you know, Bungie has a lot of lot more people at their disposal to kind of run and gun with different content streams. So hopefully they can keep a steady flow of content coming out as opposed to once every year or something. So, you know, if they hit with that, I think they're going to do much better overall with Destiny 2. Um, and with Bungie kind of showing off a lot of the new stuff, it's interesting. I'm yeah, not sure what your I, take is over there. Well, I mean, I, 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 when they when they brought up the whole fact that they weren't happy with with Bungie's you know inability to to release this con, I mean, I think I think anyone when they, uh, I don't understand how it even got to that point to begin with. I don't understand how when they sat down and we started first hearing about Destiny way back in the day. Now it seems like it's been forever ago. Um, when they started talking about it and they were throwing around all these numbers like a, a decade of support and five hundred million dollar budget. Which even if you evened it out over you know the ten years is fifty million dollars a year is a ton of money for any game. Um, you know that's uh, who sat down and 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 honestly thought that Bungie by themselves were going to be able to crank that out. Money doesn't mean anything to a certain point. You can only go so fast as a singular studio with the people that you have on hand. And so I don't know why they ever thought that that was going to be the case. But regardless, here we are. And this, I guess, kind of emulates some of what other major publishers are starting to do now. They're starting to pool everything. You know, they they've bought up smaller development, uh, you know, developers and stuff, and now they're um, pulling in to make their biggest games. They're pulling in a bit from the specialists in each of those, you know, individual houses to come together to make this one product. EA has been doing that a lot. Like I, again. EA is another developer and publisher that's done a lot of stupid shit in the past. But um, their last, like, year or two, and they've been showing it, their last year or two, they've really started to do the whole vertical integration and horizontal integration with all of their studios. You know, they're all kind of unifying behind Frostbite. They're all putting a lot of effort into Frostbite. People are putting less effort into their own engines. And it's starting to show. Like, the Frostbite engine can do some ridiculous things, Um, even though Andromeda had, you know, when it came out, yeah, there were some story and pacing and other quality issues in the game. The engine was great. You couldn't even tell that it was Frostbite, but it was a fully-fledged Mass Effect game. At the same mm. time, you see Battlefront coming out, and again, you have a fully-fledged Battlefront game that plays really well on Frostbite. So Mirror's Edge, also a Frostbite engine. So like, they've been, they've been like really kind of bringing everyone together. So, you know, and the quality of the games has been going up because of it. So I'm, I'm never going to complain about you know them integrating as long as the quality gets better. So hopefully yeah. Activision is going to kind of do that with Bungie and work with Bungie to kind of make that happen on their side, you know, bringing it on to Battle.net and hopefully get better practices from Blizzard and other studios, kind of put it all together to make a better product. 
Because Destiny was one of those games that I saw, and I was like, this looks really cool. But the moment it came out and I saw what it actually was, I'm like, this is actually kind of disappointing. I don't, you know, everyone was like, the game is kind of hollow. But Bungie kept saying, content's coming, content's coming. Oh, no, we have to delay a bit. Oh, no, it doesn't show up. And I just kind of killed all the interest for me. So Destiny, mm. as Destiny 2, as awesome as it looks, because of the issues with Destiny 1, I'm not a day one pre. I'm not a pre-order person for it. It's on my. I'm gonna have to wait for it to launch, and I'll buy it after launch if you know it gets the good reviews. You know, so yeah, Bungie kind of lost me from the first one. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on board with that too. I was. I was a day one guy with uh, with the first Destiny, and uh, and and yeah, all I all the same thing. I, I don't need to echo everything you just said because I agree with basically everything yeah. you said. It was it was uh, kind of sloppy and. It, it obviously held a large number of people, and thankfully it did. Otherwise, that would have uh, that train would have come to a screeching halt real quick. Um, so that was a, I guess, a bit of a boon for them. But yeah, I, I agree. We'll wait and see what happens. Uh, I prefer this pr- approach now for these massive games because I think in some of these cases they have become too big for a single house to deal with. So uh, this will be very uh, kind of interesting to see how all of them come together. To make that work, I agree with EA as well. Again, obviously, uh, uh, EA not the not the most loved company in the world, but at the same time, I think it's a super intelligent thing to take their engine with Frostbite and spread it amongst everybody under their umbrella because it's a huge cost saver. It it fleshes the engine out more so that it's more flexible for other games. So while you're getting this like these hiccups with Andromeda, outside of the fact that it was the B team to begin with having to you know, piece together an RPG for, you know, action RPG interface within the Frostbite engine. Now that's done for the most part, or a foundation has been made, which means subsequent games being done within that engine in that, in that space are going to be uh, better and have a better platform. So we will see if that translates all the same for, uh, for destiny, but you know what, so the uh, destiny two beta, the destiny two beta actually for everyone who's listening is, um, July 21st to 23rd. Yes, um, I don't know when the game's launching, but it's like really short, and like there's segments where you can do different things in it, and then yes. it's early access for PlayStation Four on the 18th, and then Xbox on the 19th. So I'm not really sure why they're like segregating it the way they're doing it. Um, and then apparently at like the end of the beta, for like an hour, you can investigate the social area that they're putting together. So oh, they're gonna let really you wander much- around. Apparently, like you can play soccer in the social area. I'm, I'm like okay, and they 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 made some promises on how it'll evolve with time, but given okay. Destiny One, I'm like, I'm gonna wait and see on that one. I'm, I don't know what your evolution means. Are people gonna be yeah. wearing different hats? Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens there. Um, I have no segue into this next topic. I thought I might be able but to swing there- something. Is but there I've ever going to be a segue for this kind of thing, though? I don't once think that, so. Once people Agents, hear it, they'll understand. Yeah. Agents of Mayhem. Can somebody, can somebody, you know... Uh, for those of you who don't know what Agents of Mayhem is, it's like if you took, if you took, I don't know, Mario Kart, and, and, you, or, and you just said, fuck it, let's make a, uh, a game featuring uh, like all of our characters, but then just make everything explode. And that was kind of, I guess, the idea behind Agents of Mayhem. I did not hear about this game until at all. I I, I don't even. I'm I'm trying to remember when I first saw it. It wasn't it well. Uh, it wasn't this week. I heard about it before. It might have been during E3. I don't I know. It was but, a MOBA. Uh, 
<laughs> so did so did I. I. I was confused, and I, uh, the only reason I found out about it is because I saw uh, articles starting to pop up about how Johnny Gat from Saints Row was going to be featured in this game. And then I saw it, and I was like, "Well, what is Johnny doing in this game?" And then I realized what the game was, and I was more confused uh, instead of less confused. I saw this, and I'm like, "I'm like, why are they not marketing this?" Like. <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, Agents of Mayhem is, I don't know if it's even considered a sequel or whatever. Um, it's more of a spinoff, I guess, of Saints Row, um, which is made by Deep Silver Volition. Um, Volition's one of my favorite developers that people never hear about. Um, but Saints Row is one of those kind of like sleeper games that gets really huge following. It's pretty much a GTA clone, um, just completely over the top, its own its own universe. Um, and they've had four very successful entries to the franchise. Um, and they're, and granted they've been stupid and they've been funny and you know, they're, they're, but they're well-made and they're fun games to play. Um, and they've all sold well. So I didn't even know it. Like I literally saw this the other day and I saw agents of ma'am and they're like, oh yeah, it's got Johnny Gat from saints row. It's actually like a saints row spinoff. And I thought it was like a mobile where they were taking all of their characters and kind of making a game yeah. out of it. But apparently it's a fully fledged game. Similar to Saints Row, where it's like, you know, an open world environment, you do it, and they pretty much said this is a more chaotic version of Saints Row, which I don't know how you do, because that game was ridiculous, Um, but it's a full game, they haven't marketed it much, and it's coming out in like a month. Yeah, what the hell? Like, I'm like, where's I'm. I'm at a loss. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I want it because I haven't really seen anything about it. I don't, I don't know if I, even if I did know more about it, I don't know if I want it. I, I feel like. I'm going to uh, wait for the reviews little, now. Yeah. With, with this little fanfare, especially from, a, from what's essentially Saints Row guys, um, that's very odd to me that I don't, I don't know. They, at this point, I'm questioning why it didn't get any fanfare. Like, are they just trying to slow burn this bad boy out because they're not all that confident in what they just made? Or or, or what is the reasoning for uh, going completely radio silent up until now? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but... Um, yeah. Like, I, for me, Saints Row games are actually pre-ordered. Like, I pre-ordered the Saints Row games because I, I pre-ordered mm. Saints Row 2. After playing the first one, great game. Saints Row 3 was premium, premium entertainment. And then Saints Row 4, I didn't like it as much as 3, but it was still fun and it was enjoyable and it was pretty much like it could have probably been an expansion pack to Saints Row 3. I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Um, but, you know, had they marketed this and they were like, oh, yeah, it's a Saints Row spinoff in a slightly different universe. We got some characters in it, but it's the same style of gameplay with different stuff. I probably would have pre-ordered it because they did such a good job with the other ones. But now I'm like... Why are they holding it back so much? Kind of like you were saying. Like, do they not have much um, confidence? Who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, if they were, I'm assuming they're going to bring back Saints Row as well. Like, that that series does so oh, well yeah. for them. It's probably they're probably just giving back. it a break for a bit. Here's, here's what I want. Um, to preface this, Saints Row, the first one, I played the shit out of that. Then Saints Row 2 came out, and I played the shit out of Saints Row 2. And I think Saints Row 2 is the best Saints Row game by a long shot. Because it Saints gave Row GTA 3 comes a run along, for its money. It did. But it, it so the Saints Row 2, in my opinion, struck the perfect balance between its comedy and its serious tones that still remained, you know, part of the game. Three 
I feel like Volition just looked at two and went, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, let's just keep people like the stupid stuff. Let's just keep turning up the stupid. And then we got three and three. Don't get me wrong. I beat three as well. Also a great game, but I didn't enjoy it on the same level as I did Saints Row two. In fact, I just felt like I was playing some comedic. Yeah, I just felt like I was playing some sort of like arcade com- like comedy time crisis game. And then 4 came around and it lost me entirely. <laughs> I that was I don't know why they even ridiculous. called that. I don't know why they called it Saints Row. I I don't I don't know it why. Just it, it just like it could have been anything uh at that point. The only reason they could have called it Saints Row I guess is because the characters were involved, but it didn't grasp me at all. I like I was it fun? Sure, for about a half an hour for me, but like I'm not the type of guy that just wants to bound around and be basically indestructible and shoot people with dubstep guns. Like, that's fun for five took, minutes. Yeah, They pretty much took Crackdown, merged it with GTA some more, and then that was Saints yeah. Row 4. Um, one of the things I saw interesting about Agents of Mayhem, and I think it's part of the reason they kind of pivoted it away from Saints Row as a whole. Um, again, there's there's not all that much info about Agents of Mayhem out, so if you guys want to do research, feel free. But um, it looks like it's more squad oriented. Like you can play with it. Lo- it might be a little bit more co op oriented because said you can play like with like a team of up to three or so agents. So it sounds like it might be like a four person co op type Saints mm-hmm. Row, which I think could be super interesting because co op in Saints Row three was fun and it was always kind of like I wish we could have another person or two in here. You know, just Absolutely. And, as long as you're doing mission type stuff. You know, and GTA kind of proved that, you know, a small squad, whatever, for like the heist and stuff was top-notch gameplay. So I'm curious so to my see hope, what they do with it. My hope is that they take this Agents of Mayhem thing and put all the extreme stupid into that and then bring Saints Row 2 back for the new Saints Row, like, tone. Like, keep it... They should, keep just, it, be like, they should just be like, Agents of Mayhem go for the crazy and then be like, Saints Row, like... Start it over, like reboot the franchise, kind of go back to the original roots yeah. and be like, this is our gangster Saints Row. Then we've got our Agents of Mayhem. And then like we can share the engine between the two so you get all the cool stuff. But like, I still storytelling. I still want. Yeah, I still want the, the funny because I felt like this is what happened for me when I played Saints Row 2. It was, uh, I mean, we went from San Andreas to GTA 4. Uh, San Andreas was the last game, in my opinion, that, uh, in, in the Grand Theft Auto franchise that held, uh, that held a good balance of the, the comedy and the serious. Uh, and then, and then it's just like Grand Theft Auto got way too serious. The gameplay. Nico. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The, the gameplay, uh, to a degree, especially multiplayer for GTA five certainly held some of the more comedic stuff, but the stuff that was happening within the game, I just felt like it wasn't there as, as it didn't rep, it wasn't represented as well as it was in the previous games. So when saints row two came along, it, it honest to God, it filled the void for me of, of grand theft auto. It wasn't as serious and it was a little bit more on the, on the comedy side, but the balance for me was better. And so, uh, I had a, a great appreciation for it. So I, I hope that I don't want, I don't want super serious saints row and then all crazy mayhem. I, I want crazy mayhem and I just want like the balance back in the, in the mainline Saints Row games. That's you, all. I'm you pretty for. much want them to be like you want them to rebaseline a Saints line, a Saints Row two and then kind of uh, sorry Saints Row three and then move it more towards two. Yeah, the, exactly. The main franchise somewhere in between those exactly. two. 
somewhere in that in Fair that enough. ballpark, and I'd be happier. I do not want more of Saints Row Four. Fuck that <laughs> shit. God, no. That is Agents of Mayhem. You can keep that. I want I want to go back to uh, to normal ass. You know, Saints Row. Please and thank you. So, uh, speaking of things that make us happy, um, mm. or even things that make us happy in the pants, oh. you watch oh. that video about Dragon Ball oh. Fighter Z that I've been I telling did. you to watch for the past couple of days. I, I actually did. How did I you sat feel? down before before this. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. My my desk lifted a couple inches off the ground. Not not too crazy. Mostly because it takes me a while to even reach the bottom of the desk, but it was still very good. It was very pleasurable to watch. Uh, I have to say that every time I watch footage for this game, the thing that blows my mind is how well they've tra- they've managed to make a 3D game look like the cartoon. I don't I don't understand the wizardry behind it, but they've managed to make it happen. I'm not a hundred percent sold on the on the. Um, artificial 24 FPS thing that they've got going on in, at certain points within it because it makes it look sometimes like the game is running poorly when it's not. It's just part of them trying to make it mimic the TV show. Um, but other than yep. that, it all looked it all looked fantastic. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. So for those of you that have not been keeping up with our uh, coverage from E3 and our other hype talks, um, we've been mentioning this one kind of as it's been coming up. It's uh, pretty much a fighter game in the Dragon Ball Z universe made by, I think it's Arc System Works. Um, they're the ones who do like Guilty Gear and like Blast Blue, and they're like hardcore fighting game people. You know, so DBZ, most fighting games have been kind of arcadey. They've been good. They've also had some really bad ones, but they've always been more about the showmanship and like big 3D universes and like the like. And especially you see that with like Xenoverse. Um, and it's they've been good and competent games, but they're not like high quality technical fighting games. Arc System Works is an expert in making high quality fighting games mm-hmm. you get all the mechanics that you get in all those other games like you know frame you know frame counter or whatever frame skip and all the crazy stuff with the counter combos and all the crazy things you can do um yep. you know cancels and all and guard cancels guard breaks all those crazy things um and they're making a dbz game um and we only saw tidbits of it during e3 but they released an eight minute long gameplay video like showing like a full fight end to end, showing you know various aspects of the game and how the fighting system works. And um, as Adam mentioned, desks were lifting up slightly because we were very, very much <laughs> enjoying what we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what did you think of the uh, like the whole tag team mechanic and the whole um, you know you have a team of people and you switch in and switch out with the whole tag out thing? I thought uh, that I, I like to. I, I have mixed bags on it because it's like the whole Marvel thing. I don't know right. how I felt about it. Um, I think, well, I mean, this is how I, 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 so fighter, fighter Z, when I first heard who was making the game, my first thought was, holy shit, uh, this is, um, this is going to be amazing on paper, like communism, but then in practice, five people are going to ever be good enough at this game to play it and enjoy it because they don't make they don't make accessible fighting games. They make these StarCraft brood war <laughs> of fighting games, of fighting right? Games. They, they, they make you uh, work and work hard, and when it all comes together, it's some of the most glorious shit you will ever witness when you watch two people 
who are good at Guilty Gear or Blast Blue. Like, that shit is unbelievable. And so when I heard that, I was like, okay, great, amazing. Not for me, but I can't wait to watch it. Then when they started talking about it and talking about how they were doing the fighting system and how it was more of a combo thing and how most of the controls, re you know, revolved around quarter circles and it wasn't going to be some sort of... Uh, it's not like really half convoluted. circle, four buttons, triggers, yeah. quarter circle, back. It's not. It's, it's not, not like it's yeah. not super crazy complicated. So it's going to be relatively accessible, and it's going to make you feel like you can actually play the game by yourself, uh, and still have, like most fighting games, a relatively large overhead space for the 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 fancy pro guys out there uh, mm -hmm. looking to to kick ass and take names. So. Um, so with that, the the tag teaming in and out thing, I think it makes sense insofar as that it doesn't look like it's going to be taken to the degree that um, like Marvel versus Capcom takes it. It's not it's not like people are switching out every five seconds doing crazy like nonsense. It's not that level, but it's there. The thing that I noticed about it, at least, not even, this isn't even from a gameplay perspective necessarily, but what I hope goes in is that there are more animations than just the one for when a new person enters. Because right now, all they have is a forearm smash that happens in the exact same way every single time. Uh, and so it just looks, it just looks like I, I could, I just get tired of seeing that shit by the time like I've seen it like a thousand <laughs> times. So having a couple more uh, of those, as, as silly as that sounds, would, 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 uh, be better in my books, but well, like otherwise, ones saw, yeah. Like ones we saw at least in the video um, were like, especially if you end it with like a super attack, it'll like do a zoom out and it will show like a cityscape or whatever mm -hmm. with an explosion, and then it will show your guy kind of charge. It'll show the next person charging in. And from what I did notice is that you can actually have like your allies can come in and do like a quick attack, like Marvel, uh, Marvel versus yes. Capcom. But you can only it looked like you can only do it once because like. In the middle somewhere, I see, like, you know, it, they're fighting, and then Gohan will come in, do an attack, disappear, but then his um his little image icon thing will gray out until, you know, mm -hmm. your character dies, and then Gohan comes in. So I feel it like might they, be they're something doing you have some to build around to. that. Yeah, that could be it. Um, I didn't see much on transformations. Like, that, that for me, was kind of like an essential thing in DBZ, and they've kind of captured it. They captured it well in Xenoverse, where you, like, you make decisions on when to transform because it impacts like how your stats will regenerate in the fight. Um, I'm mm -hmm. curious if they're going to even touch that in this. You know, I'd be surprised if they didn't because I feel like that's kind of like a thing in DBZ unless you have to like pick if you want to be like Super Saiyan Goku versus regular Goku. Yeah. I I, uh, I watched an I watched an interview a couple of weeks ago. I think it was the week before you came. Um, and ah. they we're talking uh, to uh, you know one of the the devs uh, about just that. One of the questions were, uh, so how are you going to tackle transformations specifically? Super Saiyans, right, is the is the easiest one to talk about. Is how are you going to you know tackle that? And it was in the context of what Frieza, characters yeah. Are, are yeah. Are, well, it was in the context of what characters are going to be in this game because in previous Dragon Ball Z games there have been various iterations where. Um, you know, normal, you know, Goku and then Super Saiyan uh, 1 through 3 were all different characters. Like, you selected totally different characters for which, and it was yeah. more of a cosmetic thing than uh, than anything else. And maybe they had a a different super or something like that, but it wasn't, it wasn't dramatically different. 
And then you had uh, games where you had to physically power up to hit um, Super Saiyan 1, 2, 3, etc., etc. Or if you were playing one of the other characters that had transformations, similar idea, you'd have to power up to reach those levels. And, and that would be part of the system balance is you would have to allow for the fact that players are going to have to stand still and fucking scream at their TV for like who knows how long to become a Super Saiyan or whatever. Uh, so I actually feel that's, like Xenoverse did that part well because Xenoverse, like, yeah, mm. the, yeah, the, the, your race determines like your key bar, and then if you get the Super Saiyan transformation, like once you have it leveled up in the game, it takes different mounts. So like it takes one notch, you can go super. Sorry, two notches gets you go Super Saiyan one. The third notch lets you go Super Saiyan two. And then the fourth knot lets you go Super Saiyan 3. And the way you can mm. do that is you can decide if you want to go straight from normal to Super Saiyan 3, you let your bar charge up to the four notches while you're fighting. And, you know, as you hit people, it charges or you can use your skill to charge it. And then you can go straight to three or you can be like in the middle. You can pick the intermediate ones, um, which personally was my fighting style, because effectively I just get to the first one charge, you know, and then just keep going as a fight. And then as mm -hmm. the fight goes on, I would just escalate my thing. And for me, I feel it's super important for DBZ because that's part of your strategy. Other players, you know, that I would go up against, they'd wait till they can go and they go straight to the max one. So, you know, they, so they can get there quicker as opposed to like the ramping up the fight. So, yeah, I, I think um, uh, I, I hope they have it in there. What they said, what they said was that it would be more leaning towards the fact that it would be in in like during the fight. Uh, if I recall correctly, awesome. I'm, the videos out there on GameSpot, if somebody wanted to go watch it, they could. But to my recollection, it wasn't that there was going to be different characters to select. It was going to be, it was going to be part of combat. Uh, now how you reach that, I don't know if they covered that or not. I don't remember. Uh, but that's, you know, what I do remember was that it's going to be part of, of the action. So personally, I would like to see at most one transformation for each character, if it's going to be part of the combat, because this isn't going to be, you know, the length of these battles isn't going to be like in in the you know the more recent Dragon Ball uh, Z games. These are much faster, so you don't oh, want yeah. to have a focus be so much on let me go through Super Saiyan one, two, three, etc., etc. You you don't or you, nor do you want to go through four you know phases of Cell before you hit perfect Cell. You know you, you just want to pick and choose and maybe not every character needs to have it just uh, you know certain characters it makes more sense than others because i feel like if they overcomplicate it then balance is going to be a nightmare um and i think for any fighting game to be particularly successful long term these days it, it's kind of like an rts almost if it doesn't just rely solely on its campaign an esport of some degree needs to exist around it to to keep that yeah, revenue stream I feel like coming they in I feel like they can, they can, if you want to keep it to one transformation, I think that's perfectly doable. Just have it in like a tiered thing. Like you choose the transformation you go to, like for Super Saiyan 1 through 3 or whatever, you pick if you're going to go 1, 2, or 3 in, in mm -hmm. the fight and have them be trade offs. Like have 3 be like a bigger drawback for a bigger gain, have 2 be like some combination of the 2, and have 1 be like, mm -hmm. so effectively you can tailor it based on strategy. Like if you're going up against someone who's much faster, you might want to pick going to the big one get the boost and just try to finish it quickly and like have that be part of the strategy you know it could be part of the meta being like oh i know i'm going up against the person you know have it just be a tool in the arsenal you know don't necessarily tailor the entire fight around it where you have to kind of sleep build up to it but just be like all right you get to transform once you have to pick which one you're going to do type of thing yeah 
Oh, absolutely. I know. Uh, no, I I agree. I agree. I think the game looks, uh, at the very least, looks amazing. I just hope that whatever oh, yeah. the uh, the inevitable outcome of this game is, that it is seen positively by you know the fighting game community and taken up and taken seriously enough that it gets you know uh, up there on the charts for like Evo and stuff and gets some good some good stage time and and. Uh, and isn't so difficult to, you know, I don't want to have to go digging to find, <laughs> to find live streams of, of tournament footage for this stuff. Cause I think it'd be a really cool thing to watch. And since it is coming from this, this family of games by, um, what was it? What are they called? Arc System Works, right? I'm not, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, since it's coming from, from that family, there are already a lot of fighting game enthusiasts that are going to kind of comfortably fall in. Uh, to this game and it's not going to be like some sort of super jarring experience so hopefully uh, that helps it as well but ladies and gentlemen we're going to go to our uh, our first break and then when we come back we are going to be discussing uh, Castlevania getting that uh, animated series um, which is I I guess a short a short first season but we'll talk about that as uh, as well as the Assassin's Creed anime. I didn't even know that existed, so I can't wait to hear about yeah, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. And then we're gonna then we're gonna talk about a little bit about how we're, we seem to be in the age of the remaster, uh, where this just seems to be a thing. You know, before it was just every now and then, and now it seems like every time you open up your browser, there's another remastered game coming out. So <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about that as well. Uh, so sit tight, ladies. We'll be right back. Time for a little sellout and a little stretch of the legs. And so, uh, yeah, we will see you in a few minutes. Sit tight. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up a Patreon page to help us help you help us and you. We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provide you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technical alpha to see what's up for grabs. Do you like badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch TV to get, well, badges and stuff. Technical Alpha is live-streamed every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technicalalpha, so if you're in the neighborhood, be sure to stop by. Listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, or another podcast app? If you're having a good time, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It's a simple thing, but it goes a long way in helping us reach more people, and really, more people should be able to judge us feverishly. It's only fair. Honestly, though, while we like to joke about the sellout, just being a regular listener is a huge help, and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, from that sellout break. Time to sit up and look pretty. It's that time. <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it. 10 out of 10. Wood Tinder Smash. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, but welcome back Ryan's from break. right for me, so I'm happy. <laughs> don't feel too special he swipes right for absolutely everyone well it's better than being nobody, that one person that gets swiped left that's true uh nobody is safe where is my cursor on the screen oh there we are uh so welcome back ladies and gentlemen as we mentioned before we're going to uh roll right into uh talking about this castlevania uh animated series so can you elaborate on what's going on here because i don't know. It actually just I, got I, released I know today. Nof- I know nothing. Um, apparently, this is like 
been in the works for a while and they're doing like a full on like Castlevania animated series with Netflix. Like um, not like anime style, but more like animated series style. Um, they got okay. a uh, pretty pre- trying to remember who they got to do it. Uh, um, they've gotten some pretty big voice actors. They have like uh, Richard Armitage and uh, Graham McTavish. They did like Dracula and um, mm-hmm. a couple other characters in some major series. Um, and it was interesting. I'm, I'm surprised they chose Castlevania, but thinking on it, it actually would make a good anime animated series. Um, Netflix has been kind of trying to get into that space um, with like you know Crunchyroll and everything becoming huge. So they've been trying. They you know. Netflix has done Knights of Cydonia, but they've been trying to get more Western properties that'll translate better in Castlevania. Mm. So they've they've kind of turned to video games, um, which I found interesting. We've been seeing a lot more video game related media kind of coming out, um, and so they did. I don't know if like I don't know if it's like all going to be like short series, but the first season literally just came out today. It's uh, four episodes at twenty three minutes each, so it's like an hour and a half. Um, hour and 40 minutes of you know content but they've already locked in like season two so they're okay already, like producing it so i'm like I'm, i don't know if they were like doing like the first season just to kind of like pilot it in but then why did they do season two um i'm probably <laughs> gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it over the course of this week and i'll probably have more to say mm-hmm. about it next week i just thought it was interesting because Netflix, you know, we talked about before. They are doing like a Witcher series now. Um, right. They've pulled out. Um, they pulled out Castlevania. They pulled out a second season, and then our next topic is another series that's getting brought into, mm-hmm. you know, the media space, and it kind of already has been. Um, were you familiar with the Castlevania series in general, or not really? Well, I mean, it'd be almost impossible oh, yeah. not to be, you know, about yeah. Castlevania. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I only. I only pl- played them a handful of times uh, growing up, uh, you know, uh, Metroidvania, I guess, type games or like <laughs> Castlevania and Metroid type games were never my never my favorite genre, so I didn't dump a whole bunch of time into them. Um, but uh, obviously, I mean, it's Castlevania. And I, I guess if there was... I mean, it's Dracula, for God's sake! So, I, like, it, it's much. not like there's a, it's not like there's <laughs> a, a huge stretch fantasy. to be made. Yes, sorry, it's not Dracula. It's Alucard. I apologize. You know, it's just Dracula <laughs> backwards. Uh, so maybe the whole series will just be in reverse. I don't know, but I'm sure it will be very well done. Uh, like most Netflix stuff, some of the Netflix specific animated things haven't like smashed it out of the park like their um, like their made for TV counterparts. Uh, oh, and when yeah. I say that, I mean like live action stuff. I don't know why I said made for TV, but the but you know what I mean. So it hasn't been as successful. I don't know if that's because anime is full of is snobs where you know people are just super critical about anything that isn't made in Japan um, or um, what. I yeah, like they've been trying to like bridge that gap a bit. Like Knights of Sidonia to me was great. My only problem with it is it doesn't come out fast enough. Um, same problem. Al Noah Zero was pretty good, but then they just stopped producing it. Um, mm-hmm. and then they did Voltron though recently. Like Voltron, like was yes, a Netflix did. commissioned full remake, and they I think they just did the second season, and it was surprisingly good. So you know Netflix picking up. You know I'm not going to say no to more anime, especially you know if it's good stuff. 
So mm-hmm. I, again, uh, Castlevania was an interesting pick in my book. Um, I'm gonna watch it just to kind of see if they did right by the lore. Um, but um, it's it's more of a curiosity um, and kind of leads into kind of the bigger thing. Um, I kind of feel like with gaming now becoming more of like a bigger art form, um, they're kind of going with the whole Hollywood side of things where they're just going to start rehashing movies over and over again. Now they're just like pretty much pulling it all in to, you know, we have this IP and something. What else can we do with it? And now they're like, let's make a TV series. Let's make an anime. <laughs> you know, how can we cash in more on all these characters? How can we yeah. get more engagement? Um, I, I, I'm curious, like, what your thoughts on how you feel about that whole mechanism? Because, like, for me personally, I'm kind of interested in it. Because you know, if you have a good franchise like yeah. that, it's a good way to drive engagement. But I, uh, I, on the other side of it, I'm kind of like, you're not making original content as much anymore. Then <laughs> uh, so I'm like, I'm okay. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm I'm neither here nor there on it in general. Uh, if it's good, I don't care what form it comes in and how much it's put in front of me. It, it, the 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 we'll deciding factor for plate. me if I like it is is if it's good. You know that's 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 it. You know if, if the only reason why people might get upset with with them going back to the you know to the to the well too many times in certain. Um, intellectual properties is generally speaking, the more they go back to the well, the shittier it gets. Uh, you know, you just keep getting closer and closer to to uh, the muddy water, and then all of a sudden it's just, <laughs> and there you have it. It's all just of a sudden you, you got a plate full of shit. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, that's that's how I view it. So, uh, now, do video games by and large? strike me as something that would work uh, particularly well in an animated uh, fashion. As silly as it sounds, I feel like the majority of them just don't. <laughs> I just, I don't think they do. I think there are some that you, that you could uh, make it happen. I think it's, I think, I think Castlevania works because they're, uh, and this is going to sound really stupid and I'm sure I'm going to have a bunch of people tell me that this is a dumb thing to say, but the newer the game and the better the graphics, the less likely I imagine an animated series will actually work well unless the art styles are identical. Because what tends to happen oftentimes... Um, it pulls in, you out of certain, it. It pulls you out of it. If, if, like, say what Square Enix did with Final Fantasy XV, which was basically make every form of media possible about Final Fantasy XV uh, short of a silent film starring Charlie Chaplin... Um, they had their feature length film in, uh, uh, you know, 3d render. And then they had the anime that they did for it as well. Uh, and the thing about that was it was obviously all controlled by them. And so all of it was cohesive. Everything worked. But if you look at, um, other projects that might not have done as well, Halo had a whole bunch of animated stuff that was done for it. Uh, and it did okay. I don't think it was like some sort of groundbreaking shit, but I think some of it was because there was a bit of a disconnect in the tone and the visual style of it all. Um, now, with that being said, that's why I think Castlevania works because the vast majority of games that people associate Castlevania with are in 16-bit you know, or 8-bit. Because <laughs> uh, most people don't like to talk about Castlevania 
once we left that era because they kind of went tits up unless they if they went as soon as they transferred into the 3d space although i shouldn't say that because obviously we got some handheld stuff that was you know pretty good but i think people know what i mean uh when i when i say that so i think i think some of it depends on that but for me personally if it's good i'm gonna fucking watch it if it's bad i don't really care i'm not gonna watch it if it's mediocre i'm just as unlikely to watch it as if it's bad uh i don't have a lot of time to watch stuff so <laughs> unless it's really good i don't tend to, to to spend my time on it as far as what i feel about this whole mechanism for turning games into other media um outside of the fact that it, it can be done a bit wonky because of the difference in 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 tone and style i think it's fine uh i think some games suit it really well because there's such an extensive lore that uh, is technically in the games but don't ever get to be properly explored um uh, so any any one of those that are that are lore dense or character dense um that uh, obviously can't be completely uh fleshed out in a game or in in that length of time that makes sense for a series so i think it's fine uh i like that netflix is doing it if only because it's safer for them like netflix does a lot of original content animation is oh, yeah. not something that you just on a whim go and make like a new original idea and just fucking give her uh, especially when you're somebody like Netflix. So uh, I think it makes good sense for them, uh, certainly for the North American market. And I think that, I think that as long as they, as they don't go overboard with it and start pumping this shit out left, right, and center, that it at least gives an opportunity for some quality to, to, to come through. Well, the interesting part actually, and this will also lead for a good segue, um, the guy doing the Castlevania series is uh, Adi Shankar. He did the. Um, he's known for specifically um, the Gray with our favorite Liam Neeson's, as well as oh, the twenty twelve. Yeah, the uh, twenty twelve remake of Dread. He was the uh, producer on that, um, and he also did another movie, uh, twenty thirteen called Lone Survivor. Um, those three were pretty well received. Um, so he got he got brought in by Netflix to do the Castlevania um, rebuild. rebuild. Um, and then going back into our next segue, where you go back to the well way too many times for a particular yes. franchise. Assassin's Creed is getting an anime series. Hey! Produced by this guy also. Hey! So, this one I'm a little less, you know, convinced. Less excited for. Um, not necessarily because I'm having some sort of Assassin's Creed uh, fatigue. I haven't played since 2 because I stopped caring. Black Flag um, was the last one I played. Yeah, haven't they? Hasn't Assassin's Creed had like graphic-y novel type stuff at some point? They've had a couple of graphic novels. Of this? Um, they also have had actual long-form novels, but um, certain games have had it too. Mass Effect's had like a really big novel series behind it. Um, the lead writer actually wrote a bunch of novels for the series to supplement it. Um, Halo, the same mm. thing. People don't realize it. Halo's got a ton of books behind it. And oh, yeah, some of those books are actually some of them are actually pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So, like, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. so some of those franchises actually have books and whole series that crop up around them. So Assassin's Creed, not as large as some of the others, but they've had some books come out. They actually announced Four Origins. They're working with a couple of authors to have a couple of books come out. Um, but that's kind of Ubisoft again is going back to the well, but this time they're doing the whole spread thing. Um, Ubisoft is actually involved in the anime also. So I'm curious now because um, I don't know if Netflix is um, – I think Netflix is 
also picking this one up. Um, they didn't quite say if they're um, I'm checking right now to see if Netflix is actually on board with this. I just know Ubisoft is part of it. Um, I would be surprised mm. if it. Yeah, he's pretty much. It sounds like this is going to be on Netflix as well. Um, so I'm interesting. I don't know like why they decided they're going to all of a sudden do an animated series. Um, I don't like. I feel like they're trying to like get Assassin's Creed back in front of people's faces. Well, they have the new one coming out, so this is probably just some. It's just to get the name out there more and have it constantly on somebody's lips, I guess, in some way, shape, or form, because they've got the new game coming, so they need to have that that extra boost. Um, I mean, it's like it's the same. It's the same answer as as why yeah, in the, in the, the well. I had with why in the hell did Spider Man end the PlayStation f- uh, fucking conference uh and and jeff was like well because the movie's coming out obviously like well yeah i understand that but it's still kind of dumb uh and this is kind of the same idea where yes fundamentally we understand that it's probably because the next assassin's creed is coming out but at the same time why (laughs) why i'm actually hoping this isn't like i'm hoping that this is kind of signaling a turnaround in the reception of video game based properties because usually historically we've gotten some pretty shitty content when it comes to like TV and like movies, um, so one, I'm hoping Castlevania doesn't want to make me gouge my eyes out when I watch it, and then I'm hoping. And again, as much as Ubisoft has been kind of driving Assassin's Creed to the ground, I actually hope the anime is not bad, just because I just want some decent video game related content coming to the screen. Um, it would be yeah, nice. So it would be. Nice. I mean, I'm pulling for him. I, I mean, it's, it's not like Assassin's Creed doesn't we don't have want a universe yeah. suitable. Right, like it totally has a suitable universe for this kind of thing. Um, you can do a just, with it. you know, uh, be you know, uh, tread carefully, <laughs> tread carefully, and and hopefully it turns out all right. But the fact that Netflix is involved, um, that immediately gets me to like fifty percent hype levels. The fact that Netflix is doing something because they just seem to be incapable of making true shit. Like there's very little stuff that they've done original. You clearly that's have been not bad. watched Iron Fist. Mm, no, I have not. But uh, but again, very little. I didn't say none. <laughs> Just very little. Very Fair enough. very little. Fair you know enough. what? You know what we're not getting a little of remakes. We're getting oh, a shitload I, I, of remakes. I wake up every morning and I'm like, man, why can't they remake some more games from my childhood? Just remake them all. Give me some Command and Conquer. Give me some StarCraft. Hell, you aren't going to make Diablo 3. Just give me a Diablo 2 remake. Hell, even a Diablo 1 remake. I'd be down for that, too. Yeah, they they uh, they seem to be on that hype train. I mean, I, so before, it, it like I've mentioned this, I've said this, like, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, but the, the thing is, it used to be uh, once in a while you'd have something come up, and it wasn't like a remake. It was a remaster. It was a, yeah, re- remaster, which which generally entailed some sort of of minor graphical buffing, like they they polished it up a bit, uh, they like remade the models, they, but they kept the engine pretty much the same. And yeah, they released it runs on your new computer. That, that was, and that was it. They and they might have made some other like uh, quality of life changes, things along that uh, that uh, kind of line. And they also would include DLCs and shit. Like it would almost be like a 
It's like we went from a game of the year, of the year edition. edition to uh, we skip that now and we go straight to a remaster that is basically a game of the year edition. Um, and now we've we've we're we're even moving away from that and we're moving into uh, re remakes. They're not even remasters anymore. They're just flat out remakes. Uh, and so we have in tandem these two things where. I feel like I'm just I'm just going to end up reliving the last 15 years of my life because they keep coming out with these these things so freaking uh, frequently. Like that it's that Hollywood I think they're going into that Hollywood mentality of how can we avoid having to come up with new creative content? Oh, we have this old game that was really well received, let's remake it and re-release it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not I'm I'm not going to I I don't want to like kind of like super knock it. I mean, I kind of wish we would get more original games, but at the same time, um a lot of the remakes that have come out are not bad. They actually no. are completely worthy of it. Like, um, just to name some off the top of my head, they redid pretty much all the Metro games in that franchise when they came out with the like Last Light Engine or whatever. They remade yeah. the first two games in it, and they played really well. Effectively, they said, we're remaking the old games with all the quality of life improvements that you're getting in the new game. And those games were phenomenal the first time, and they were even yeah. better the second time. I was really happy with them. Um, another one that got done super well, Homeworld. Gearbox bought the franchise mm-hmm. and then released the remastered edition for 1 and 2. Um, I wish we got a Homeworld 3, but yeah. those two games complete, like, and, and it wasn't like, it was effectively, I was surprised because when I played those games, I was sitting there and I'm like, they effectively took all of Homeworld 1, gave us all the quality of improvement for whatever they did, um, you know, in their new engine, and then they gave us Homeworld 1 and 2. But when you played the games, it felt like you, I, I literally got the full nostalgia of playing the original games, but I had all the quality of life stuff. I was like, I had none of the annoyances. You know, I even turned up or cracked up, um, tearing up my heart by NSYNC, which for some reason I attributed hey. to Homeworld. Because I back in the day when I couldn't afford games, I got Homeworld and I didn't have music because it was one of those like smaller ripped down versions. So I'd have to listen to my music. And back in the day, I didn't have all that much. And NSYNC was a thing. So yeah. Um, but I got like the full nostalgia of it. But it was a new game. It looked really good on my machine and it ran well. So stuff like that, I was I'm on par with. Um, I'm trying to think. I like shut off all the bad remakes, but they have had some bad ones too. So well, they've had a bunch that have been that haven't really been upgrades. They've just been uh, barely repurposed, and some of them end up like being we patched more it so it runs on your new. Yeah, we patched it so it runs on your computer, but we didn't really do anything else. Yeah, and even then, some of them have been uh, have been rough. Like Square Enix has been a bad one for this. They've gotten progressively better as the games have gone on, but they keep releasing them for Steam. Like they they went <laughs> all the way back to seven, eight, nine. Uh, I think they did ten. 10, 2, uh, they got 12 that just eight. hit. 12 is, dro- I don't know if 12 has dropped yet, but it's dropping in like, if it hasn't dropped yet, it's dropping in like a couple of days. Like, yeah. very, very soon. Um, and they've gotten progressively like, better with them, but the early ones were terrible. Seven and 8 were just dumpster fires for ports, but um, I heard 10 was a really good, 10 was a really good remaster, re-release. Um, even the 13 and 13 2, um, they ran really well on the PC. You could do mods and stuff to make them look even better. You could they 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 ran really well on the computer, you know, full controller support and everything. 
Um, I, I, I think 13.3 was really good on the PC too, but I, I feel like you could, you could answer that one for us, Adam, you know, and your love of 13.3. <laughs> it might've ran well on the computer, but that was one of the only upsides <laughs> that game had. If not the only, well, no, there's two upsides to 13.3 on the PC. It ran well and it ended. Those are the two shining you know, moments. You know, did you know that I pre-ordered Lightning Returns and... I didn't eat. I, I, when I went to sell my Xbox, I was getting all my games and I realized that it was still sealed in its plastic wrap in the bottom of my drawer. That was the best decision you've ever made in your entire gaming career because Final Fantasy 13 3 is categorically, I don't want to go on a huge rant about it, but uh, I. How anyone could enjoy that game is 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 beyond me. There there was no redeem. There were no redeeming qualities. You could pick the game apart, and it would be endless. It was crazy. It, it, just nothing. Nothing made sense. The UI got shittier. They managed to uh, to completely uh, break the combat system that worked perfectly fine in thirteen, and then they kind of messed with thirteen two, and then they just derailed completely in thirteen three. All that game ended up being was like, uh, how much do you also want to see, you know, lightning dressed up in a million costumes like the guy who originally, you know, created her to probably make some sort of weird like, body pillow and sleep with her. I feel like they pretty much they have the guy like you're in, like you have to make all the character costumes and everything for this game. All right. We're, we feel like you're a smart guy, so you can do this on your own. And then they came back like a year later and he's like, look, guys, I made these five million outfits for lightning. Like what about the other oh characters? My God. Oh, I knew I was forgetting something. This is this is my theory of thirteen three. Okay, the people that were creating or having to work on the thirteen franchise had gotten so sick of doing the thirteen franchise that they decided to make the shittiest possible game they could while still pulling the wool over the eyes of the publisher, so that they would never have to make another thirteen ever again. And that's the only <laughs> thing I can come up with for a game that would have had as much attention and shit put into it as 13.3 and advertising and everything else to come out like it did. Oh my God. Just, I can't, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's PTSD. Speaking about the remasters, um, the Final Fantasy X and ten two remaster collection, when it came out, sold more than Lightning Returns in the first two weeks. Um, now, Lightning Returns, year to date, yeah. like from launch to now, sold less than Final Fantasy X Remaster in the first two weeks. What a shocker. What an absolute <laughs> shocker. I mean, like, 13, when it came out, uh, sold sold pretty damn well, right? Because nobody had any benchmark for what the hell 13, the 13 series is going to be like. 13 as a game isn't really anything to write home about, but it's it's not the worst game I've ever played. And then after that, the sales, along with the quality of the game, sharply dove off a cliff. Like, the, if, you, if you look at the numbers for how it sold, and this isn't just in North America, this is Japan's everywhere, it doesn't matter. The numbers just kept crashing to the point where 13.3, I think, barely cracked one... I, I want to say it was like one and a half million... Or something it like that. I can't, like it was like a critical I, failure I, and a yeah. I can't. I can't remember, but it was. It's silly and it's a shit game, and nobody should play it. And <laughs> if you do and you like it, God bless you because you will love everything that ever comes your way in life. Nothing will ever disappoint you, and don't let anyone take that away from you. 
So speaking uh, one of, remaster, I do want to mention though before I was going to say which ones do you want to see there. also. Okay, but. so I'll, I'll say the ones I want to see, but first I want to talk about what I think is one of the be better done ones, despite the fact that it didn't work perfectly in all respects, was, and this is something that, is something that uh, Crownless was bringing up in, in chat a couple times now, is the, um, you know, the Master Chief Collection for the uh, Xbox One. Um, Bungie <sighs> somehow getting it so that you could flip between the old and the new engines on the fly was fucking crazy. The single-player campaigns all played well. The multiplayer was a complete disaster. That whole thing just was an absolute disaster in, in, in regards to, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, to the remaster. But everything else, I, I know disagree. that I played it. Everything played well for me. I, I, like, it, it all went really, really well, and I, I, I enjoyed playing. I enjoyed seeing how they, they reimagined the original Halo in, in new graphics and everything, but I played it in the original graphics, and then after that, I played it in the remastered stuff, and it looked fine, and it ran fine. The uh, the combat combat evolved anniversary edition, I was one hundred percent on board with. Um, mm -hmm. The other ones were actually not bad either, but the Master Chief Collection, I took big issue with because that was glitchy as hell when it came out, and I still don't think they ever really fixed it. That was one of the reasons I got the well, Xbox One. No, yeah, like I played, I got Halo Four was borderline unplayable on that one when you got towards the end it got really really glitchy for no reason because halo 4 was one of their newer games um and yeah. then halo 2 with the whole remaster was kind of shaky on that one so i was like come on guys like you did the first one so well why are you dropping the ball for this like it's like they didn't go back and like fix mm. it so i was just like that kind of ruined I know, it, it was it was it, it did it did have problems luckily i didn't run into a hell of a lot of them <laughs> i guess for yeah, combat reason. evolved was spot on great so. Yeah, um, but I know it was riddled with problems that a lot of people had, and it was disappointing that they never got around to fixing it all. I just think that they couldn't. I think that was ultimately it. They were dumping too much money, probably, and resources into trying to to you know retcon a lot of the errors that that uh, it yeah. had. But I had to. I, I I have to give them props for thinking about putting out a game that's a single collection of all those games with remastered yeah. stuff that you could flip back and forth between. And that's just nuts. It was that crazy. Nobody that else, and probably for good reason, has even thought about going that route. <laughs> um, the Bungie was like, they want to be like, difficult. look, we didn't, uh, they pretty much want to be like, look, we really didn't fuck with the game. Like, this is the original game. Look, you can literally mm -hmm. watch it as the original game. Just you could switch yeah. the mode you're rendering it in. So, you know, it was, that, that, was, that was really nice. Um, so I, I do give them props for that part of it. <laughs> Maybe not the, yeah, not absolutely, the execution, but so that being said, um, we also had a couple other releases, including we had the Starcraft one coming up, which uh, we've already, we kind of beat that one in the ground we've last time, so we don't that, need yeah. to talk about it. Um, Crash Bandicoot came out recently, and I've been seeing a lot of people playing yes. it, like the trilogy, and apparently they like increased the difficulty of it while fixing some of the bugs, but I don't Excuse know why me? they would want to do that, because it was, they fixed some of the bugs in the Crash Bandicoot trilogy. But they uh -huh. also made it more difficult, which I don't know uh -huh. why you would want to do that because that game was maddening to begin with. Okay, so I don't. Yeah, I don't know what. I guess it depends on what they did to increase the difficulty because the vast majority of the difficulty in the Crash Bandicoot games was that the the basically perspective you had you either had no idea what was coming at you because you were running towards the screen. Or you were running away from the screen, 
but the camera <laughs> angle was as such that you had no concept of depth. You you just you had no idea where the shit that platform was going to be. You were just taking a stab in the dark, and sometimes it was literally a stab in the dark, depending on what level you were on. So uh, I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why they would feel it necessary to to turn up um, the difficulty. But hey. Uh, all the power to them. I have seen people talking about it. They seem to be generally positive about uh, about the remaster. Um, Crash Bandicoot, uh, I think, is more of a nostalgia thing for people than anything because I honestly don't think any of those games were particularly good as a platformer or just in general. I like Crash as a character. I think he's fun and awesome. Uh, I love the art style of the games, but my God, none of them played well at all and and if oh, yeah. you've managed to fool yourself otherwise i don't know how but it's uh i guess it's nice that it's getting some some love and maybe we'll get a new crash bandicoot thing uh that's like uh, now like made now like a new a new crash game if this does well and and maybe it won't be as as clunky i don't know but yeah i i, I, I yeah the part of it was when they redid the entire all the three games they in the similar engine um, the collision engine was not designed for some of the older games. So, like, yeah. right when you land, the collision's a little bit different. It's a little bit slippery at points. So, like, you do a platform jump, which was designed a certain way, and it's like you hit the edge, and you're like, nope, you're down. Yep. So apparently they're saying it is actually, like, you're they right. have some speedrunners going through it, and they're like, this is actually slightly harder because the way a collision works is slightly <laughs> different. And, yeah. So, so it's uh, it was unintentional difficulty increase yeah. is what you're saying. So much. wait, hold on. So like, so that wasn't so it wasn't intentional. So that's that's even worse. So they took a game that was already unintentionally difficult because of of shit perspective. I don't know. It might have been and intentional because like they they pretty much unified and harmonized the collision engine and did some tweaking around it. So maybe they intended it. Who knows? You might need to ask. Weird. Them. Either way, yeah, no, I, I hope it does well because I would like to see perhaps a modern take on Crash. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, I think that it would probably do relatively well if it wasn't, you know, uh, too out there. I mean, Mar- if Mario gets to go to New York with a bunch of normal-sized people and fucking walk around and look look like a deformed dwarf, then I'm sure Crash can come back and do some shit. That's got to be possible. Oh my god, there's a, there's a meme out there about that. Um, they, they, for Mario, they announced that uh, there are no game overs. Um, oh, like you you've got to be kidding me. You lose coins instead. Um, there's no game over, you just lose coins. And then someone put out the meme, and this one's ridiculous but hilarious, talks about this whole life story about how Mario goes through, he puts his hat on this guy called Dave and lives out Dave's life to the fullest. You know, wife, kids, and everything. And then on his deathbed, he's talking to his son. Or should I say Dave's son? And he's like, I'm going to give you one last thing, my son. I'm going to give you my hat. And then this ends with the son putting on the hat. And then the bottom says, there are no more game overs. Oh, man. With the whole oh, possession mechanic. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Look, look. I'm I'm all down for for Mario getting weird and, and wonderful, and I, I we've already talked about that whole the whole possession the mechanic plan. is uh, messy. You know, yeah, but the but the, you take away game over screen in Mario, really? Like, isn't that like functionally part of what makes Mario die. Mario? Like, uh, what? 
That's just depressing. Uh, I whatever, whatever. The game's probably going to sell like a bajillion copies anyway, and it will be lovely and amazing. Probably. And and, and guaranteed, I'll, I'll, sell a bajillion. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll play it. Uh, I'm sure, and and only really enjoy that weird, funky bit where you're 2D in the wall and the painting thing or whatever, and and then the rest of it I'll probably rage my head off, but. Um, but I won't rage too hard because there are no game over screens. Hey, but a bing, but a boom. Um, right, but so, yeah, uh, what would you like to see? I'll point you. I know you're going to ask me that, but what would you yeah, like to much. see? Re either remastered that or we remade haven't heard because those are yet. two different things. Yeah. That we haven't heard about yet. Um, honestly, and again, this goes back to my top ten list. Um, I would love a free a free space remake, like not a remaster, like an actual remake, possibly even finish sure. the trilogy off for us. Um, other games, non non niche games. <sighs> Hold on, I'm gonna pop open Steam real quick and see what we got, because <laughs> there's a ton of games that I would love to have again. Um, um Command and Conquer. Okay. Like, 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 like the Riddler? original Command and Conquer, or the original, um, well, oh, okay. Red, like Red Alert, um, and the original Command and Conquer. I would love to get like a newer remake. Those would be great. Um, you got a couple of um, the original Deus Ex could do with a remaster. Mm -hmm, like it doesn't mm -hmm, necessarily mm -hmm. need a full on remake, but a remaster would be nice. Or hell, if they remade it in the new Deus Ex engine, that would be pretty sick too. Um, yeah. Trying to think of. Some of the older games. Um, what would you want to see while I think about that? Because there's definitely, like, the I list mean, is so large I, that I have to, like, go through it mentally. My list is so obvious. I mean, Jet Set Radio Future desperately needs a, <laughs> a, a remaster. I don't need a remake. I just want a remaster. Uh, it's a cel-shaded game, just so it should scale. And bring it up. It, yeah, it should scale well. Um, you know, maybe, maybe uh, polish up the... Uh, the engine a bit so that the frame rate was locked to 60 and fucking call it a day. Like, uh, there's only so much you need to do to Jet Set Radio Future to make it amazing. And people have been calling for that for fucking ever. And so hopefully now that Sega is on this weird kick where they want to bring back all of their, you know, their old franchises and do some remasters and remakes, maybe that will finally happen. Uh, but I would obviously love to see that. I would love to see... Uh, um, somebody, this is kind of... Uh, related to a question somebody asked me when I was streaming the other day, um, actually when when Smitty and I were playing thirteen three, um, <laughs> they asked if you had like if you had you know inf not infinite money but if you if you had the budget to to sit down and make any singular game, um, you know what would you like to do? And my answer to that was I would love to uh, completely remake Riven. For VR, uh, and oh, have it sick. and have it, you know, yeah, um, and 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 be, have it be free, free look and everything, but still be a click to go in certain directions. I don't want to walk with a thumbstick. I want to go to a cell and then be able to use VR to look around to do the observing in the cell and then move on to the next cell. Um, because fundamentally when I played abduction, even though you had the choice of playing point and click, when I chose to play, you know, free roam and it, it, it strengthened my belief that the puzzle adventure genre loses a bit of something when you, when you place it in that, 
because it puts way more strain on the developer to put these super obvious clues because when you're when you're just wandering around you you don't take in information nearly as well as when you're when you're observing something in a static environment um and it just I feel like I feel like the puzzle quality kind of goes down because of it. So I, that's what I would do uh, with that money, which means that's what I would love to see somebody else do who already has the money. <laughs> um, I've got my list. You ready? Okay. What do you got? The entire Lucas Arts old school game back catalog. You know the Jedi okay. Knight games, Jedi Academy, Dark Forces, X Wing Tie Fighter. All those games are worthy of remakes. They were all very, very, very good games. Um, very true. Knights of the Old Republic. Both of those games need to be, you know, they could do well. In the, you know, again, that's enough Star Wars there. Um, Never Winter Nights in the old Bioware games. Those mm. could, you know, Never Winter Nights. I loved one, the expansions, and, you know, Never Winter Nights 2. Those were some of my favorite games. I'm getting those in like a high quality running on you know 1440p whatever would be fantastic. Um, Have you seen you the know, Aperion, um project? I have not. It is a dude rebuilding and remaking the entirety of Knights of the Old Republic in Unreal Engine 4. Ooh, yeah, like that's stuff I want to see. Some of those yeah. games had amazing stories. So like those are ones that like. They don't need to revamp the story. They just effectively need to just, you know, if they can come up with tools and rebuild in a new engine, those games would be great. I love those tactical turn-based games, and you don't necessarily need crazy amounts of performance. It's more of like, an, you know, the engine doesn't need to be super complicated. It's just a lot of asset rebuild, you know. So those kind of things I would love, love to see. Um, you know, going beyond that some more, you know, there are some of the older games. It's pretty much those older games like the Bioware came out with all the Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dales, you know, those we're seeing new games like Pillars of Eternity and Ties of Numenera, um, which are great, but I kind of want to, I, I would love to relive those older, like classic RPGs. Um, Somebody said, in, said like this in chat. I'd up. love to see Legend of Dragoon um, done That's again. That's a really good one too. Get that yeah. with like full orchestration, like new soundtrack and stuff. Yeah. Primo game, primo game. Um, Man, what else though? I'm sure there's. Um, I want them to remake Max Payne one and two in the Max Payne three engine. Okay, I th- yeah, I I would love to see that because I think Max Payne one and two were infinitely better than Max Payne three. So oh yeah, <laughs> they would be better games. <laughs> that's that is definitely something that I would uh, I, I would be down for uh, for seeing. Um, I would love to see a. Oh, this is, you, oh my goodness! You could almost do this forever. Uh, I would, I would love to see a um, a re envisioned Gunstar Heroes. Ooh, I want to know what that looks one. like in 2017. I would love to know what the fuck that looks like. Um, Gunstar Heroes. Yeah, uh, maybe. Oh man. Hmm. I think I think uh, I wouldn't mind a remake of Mech Warrior Two Thirty First Century Combat. Oh my god! I completely oh uh, a whole new Mech Warrior series would just be phenomenal. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Like I mean, we have Mech Warrior Online, but if they had like full campaign of the original game, I don't with, like, like the to full build. 
I don't like to talk about MechWarrior Online because I don't actually think it was very good at all. <laughs> but, I like uh, the combat in it, but if they made yeah. like a full-on, like faster-paced version of that with like the original style, which I actually think they are working on, but um, that would be baller. Like Mech, I, I'm not mm. as much into MechWarrior Two, but MechWarrior Four More Scenarios was my jam. Mm. Um, the SWAT games. I don't care which one, but the um, older SWAT strategy games, those were fun. Like, it was more of a tactical strategy. Um, I love yes, absolutely. Those. Those were fun I'll too. toss so one out in, like, in, the, uh, in the same vein. I'll toss this one out. My favorite um, Rainbow Six game, Black, uh, Black Arrow for the original Xbox. Um, was oh, that was the Xbox Rainbow Six like, game. I was a Rogue Spear yep. guy. I yeah, um, I would I would be down for for that because whatever siege is is something I don't want any part of. So I wouldn't mind <laughs> I wouldn't mind going back uh, to that. I would actually say for the viewers if, or listeners, uh, if you have any interesting things that you want to see remade, you can throw those in the comments. Because I'm actually curious where our viewership stands on that too. Um, I know we've seen some in chat, but from the the ether of the further viewers. Mm, um, yeah, absolutely. There was, there was one or two. Oh, actually, that reminds me. There's another one coming out. Um, the older style. There was an older game called Evil Genius, which was like Theme Hospital, where you're trying to be like an evil, like, you know, one of like Bond villain-esque type people. They're coming out with the sequel right. to that. So that's coming out soon. So I was like pretty excited when they saw that they announced that because like I always love those like little, they don't make them as much anymore, but the management games. Not like SimCity, but you had like the Bullfrog catalog, like Theme Hospital, Theme Park. Um, that's one I want to see remade, Theme Hospital. <laughs> um, that I think is on GOG. It's one of those fun games where you kind of have to like build a hospital, get metrics, and like kind of run a simulation on it. Um, you know, Evil Genius is very similar to that. Um, but those are definitely fun games. But that's, that's kind of what I want to see. Like, I, If you're going to go to the hassle of you know remaking some games, go for some of the older like map titles that did really well. Um, they're like, I know age vampires is coming out with a new one soon, like the HD remaster, but I kind of want to see some of the more story heavy games come back too, because those are ones that All really right. like deserve to be replayable. I'm hitting you up with a completely out and left field one that nobody is going to expect. Ooh. I want a new age commander keen. <laughs> I remember Give me playing some that Commander one as a Wii Keen. Lad. How would that? How would that translate mm. now, though? Still, kid gets his little. I don't, remote I don't know. I feel like thing. I feel like Commander Keen is a Nintendo Switch title. I could. I, I can definitely see Commander Keen coming back as one of those indie titles. Like we see all those indie platformers. There's no reason why someone can't go and be like, "Yo, can we get the Commander Keen IP and make a whole new game?" Oh, Jazz Jackrabbit. We're gonna go that far back. Okay, all right, okay. But wait, what if we got a new age cool spot? How is this a seven up hype game? But it that's really but it was hype as fuck, dude. Have you played Cool Spot? I yes, would play the I shit have. out of new I'm, cool spot. But the he's not even part of this is he still part of this logo? I don't even know if he's part of the logo anymore. Does it matter anymore? If it, if he's not, <laughs> he that just relevance? makes it easier for them to do it. <laughs> they don't need to pay for dot. the licensing fees anymore. If that's the case, they just it's make a cool spot sequel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, god! Man, what else? What other random? It's shit? like the endless. It's the endless like dive of games that you can do. 
Um, like we talked about it. I mean, Diablo one, like would be a solid remaster option. I know they're talking about doing Diablo two, but like as cool as Diablo two is Diablo one holds that place market. It's like the compact 15 level dungeon where you can kind of like segment out how the game plays out. You got your three class. I feel like they can do it. Like they don't need to go too ham with it, but they can bring the nostalgia back real quick and it'll be like a good experience. Ooh, somebody just mentioned something very, very good. What if they, uh, what if they did, um, oh, what is it? Uh, no One Lives Forever. That is a game that needs to be remade. Definitely. No One Lives Forever is a sick pickup on if that My list. understanding was that franchise is lost in, like, IP limbo right now, kind of like Free Space is. Like, the developer, Probably. I don't know. I'm conjecture. I just think it just, like, they got screwed in that. In that whole yeah, thing. probably. Um, I'm just I'm literally looking through GOG right now. Good old games, <laughs> old games. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of like maybe one or one or two others um, that I can come up with off the top of my head. Uh, System Shock Two, actually. I know we got Bioshock. Yeah. But System Shock Two as a full remake would be amazing. Yep. Hell, even the yep. original Fallout Absolutely. games. And these are like mm. low-hanging fruit for some of them. Like the companies still own the IP, so they can just go and literally just, yeah, like, yeah we're just going to remake it. Like if yeah, you want to do not- something in an off year, remake one of those games. Like if you're like, oh yeah, we don't really want to, we can't really do Fallout 5 yet, so uh, let's do Fallout 1 Remastered. I mean, the biggest the biggest one for me, uh, obviously, the, the most obvious, the one that will never happen, no matter how much anyone, myself included, ever wants it, is Morrowind, but it's never going to happen uh, you got your Morrowind and Elder Scrolls. That's all you're gonna have. You're gonna have to live with that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to just live with the fact that that's never gonna happen in my lifetime. And modding will never quite reach it there. By the time, by the time Skywind is a thing, you know Bethesda will probably have an engine that isn't the Gamebryo engine, and then somebody's gonna go, "Well, <laughs> shit, we probably should have waited for this one." Oh, um, but thoughts. but yeah. Yeah, I, I oh like well. how I like Dry. how you're still holding out hope for that. It like it warms my heart a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Well, they 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 at least made an effort when they when they did the Skyrim thing and they called it what was it the Creation Engine or whatever they renamed it, but it's still totally Gamebryo. It's just they called it something different. So I I don't, I don't know if they kept doing that and they released like uh, another Elder Scrolls game, um, you know, the next one in the series. And by the time it comes out, it will probably be 2020, 2021, some stupid year like that. Uh, the Gamebryo engine in its iterations will have at that point been, what, <laughs> almost 25 years old. Like, come on. It's as old. It is as old as you are, sir. Take, take that out back and old Yeller, put a bullet in it and, and leave it, to, leave it to, to rest for sure. Oh, shit. What if you had VR Road Rash? God, let's not. Are we going to Nintendo now? You just no. That's, that's <laughs> I don't know Sega. If you that's Sega. Sega. Oh, I was thinking Rad yes. Racer. Thinking Rad Racer. No road. No Road Rash. The one you're on a motorbike and you like you could look left and right. You'd be whipping people <laughs> with your fucking sticks and shit because you had chains. That'd be a good one. That would That'd be, be oh my god! It would have to be kind of on railsy, right? Like because you, you couldn't get too crazy with well, it. Well, VR that games be, are good for that. Yeah. VR games are good for putting you oh, on them else. I played VR pa- Paperboy on the uh, <laughs> on the uh, Oculus Rift in one of the earlier iterations, and it was fucking terrible. But on top of that, what they did was they actually had a stationary bike set up with, like, 
an accelerometer and all this shit. Oh, yeah, like and so and you were physically pedaling while looking like around and throwing the the paper and, and, and stuff like that. So that yeah, it was you don't want you don't want VR paper boy. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <sighs> that was this old ass game. This is like I say nineteen ninety eight or something. No. Yeah. It was ninety eight, yeah. Shogo Mobile Armor Division. It was a mecha game. Mm. Fast paced. It was it was like a shooter. I was like, it blew my mind back in the day, but my computer was not strong enough to run it. That could do with a remake. I, I look back at it; it's pretty good. It's on GOG. I might actually just pick that up to play it now. What if, Holy crap! Okay, what if we got what if we got Alpha Centauri? <sighs> All the Sid Meier's games came to mind as remakeable games to me, but at the same time. I would only think they would just need patching to make them work on the newer versions. They hold up. Mm-hmm. Like, just because they're heavily strategy games. Like, you didn't need to go too crazy with them. Just, you know, slap some new icons on it. Maybe slap some updated graphics on it. Keep the same underlying engine. You're good to go. All right. One more one more each. One more each. And then we'll, we'll, we'll end that. Giant Citizen Kabuto. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? 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 <laughs> the game was called Giants Citizen Kabuto. It was the most random game, but it was one of the first games that had three-player multiplayer with asymmetric factions. One was a Kabuto was a giant beast, and then there okay. was like the Mech Mechorin or whatever, which were like run and gun type of guys. And then you had these like mermaid uh, mermaid species things that use like magic and shit, and you'd have to. It, after the podcast, just go look up Giant Citizen Kabuto and you'll I'll, understand. I'll, I'll it's look, hard I to will, describe. I will definitely, I will definitely look it up. I will, I will absolutely look it up. Um, I'm gonna, I'm actually, I'm, I'm gonna be a, a dick. I'm gonna give you a twofer on this one. I want, uh, I want a redo on the Dreamcast version of Crazy Taxi, and I want, uh, I, I want Warcraft Three Frozen Throne. So I need, or just Warcraft Three in general. Uh, Warcraft I'm, Three that one's would be the, solid. It's probably going to happen. It's just a matter of when, because Blizzard refuses to actually make Warcraft Four. So we're probably going to get a, a remake, remaster of Warcraft Three. Um, and I greatly look forward to the uh, to the day when we get it, for sure, ladies and gentlemen. We have come to the uh, the end of the first half of this week's technical alpha. Uh, we are going to uh, to roll out here. Uh, for those of you watching on Twitch, we have a uh, another uh, another section coming up for you right away. For those of you watching on YouTube, you've got to uh, wait a couple of uh, of days for the next video. And for those listening on iTunes and everywhere else in the RSS feed, you too. Couple more days, you'll get the second half of this bad boy. If you do ever want to watch us live, be sure to head over to twitch.tv slash technical alpha, where you'll be able to follow us, and uh, we go live basically every single Friday. We aim for nine uh, for nine o'clock uh, uh, Atlantic, eight p.m. Eastern. But normally something explodes, and we're like I don't know, fifteen minutes over. But we will eventually someday not have to have that happen. <laughs> Hey buddy, um, did we did we meet our time goal of an hour and a half for the first half of the show today? We we, we totally very did. It happened. 
We free. Yes. Um, it is. It is basically within a very small window. So I'm very impressed. We did it, friends. And we've got. We'll have to see if we can make that happen in the second half too. Because uh, anything can happen for during time. tech support. Yes, uh, we have been getting a couple more. We 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 haven't cracked ninety yet. If we can get ninety reviews, not I don't mean ninety more, but if we get to ninety after this podcast, I'll be very very happy. I think we're at eighty seven right now. And we do appreciate the reviews on iTunes. Uh, thank you very much uh, for listening out there at home and on YouTube uh, for watching. We'll be right back for those on Twitch. Sit tight, and this will continue. But until then, peace. <laughs>